0: Yeah, what it do. I'm in with the crew, I knew I thought you knew thought I was falling off. Blessings keep on falling through. Oh don't panic dog, grow a bull. I can't lose. I can't lose What's up everybody? I'm French the
1: ninety-nine percent mucus free co-host. I don't know if you ninety-nine percent. But I'm Joff, so focused, and we would like to welcome you to
0: the, 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 the Knicks Take the, the, the Knicks Take The Knicks Take part. The Knicks Take part. The Knicks Take, the Knicks take, the, Knicks take the Knicks take Podcast.
1: And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you can check us
0: out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Nick's Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you'll be able to find us at the Nick's Take. And lastly, on Facebook at Nick's
2: Take Media. <laughs> we got the week off to such a
0: great start. Did we? We did. <laughs> I felt like like okay. first game, Indiana Pacers. I felt like that was a great way to start the week, RJ. I felt like he broke out of his slump. But before I start spoiling everything, I just want to let, let's get this into the lead in. The Pacers came into the game with a two big, a two a two big game win streak against the Jazz and Sixers. Five of the Pacers' wins came in the last seven games. Malcolm Brogdon was averaging twenty two and a half points, seven assists. Just had a triple a triple double the game before. And the Knicks was coming in on a two-game losing streak, having losing five of their last seven games. Knicks' record was seven and six at the time. The Pacers were missing Chris Duarte, and the Knicks just not ha- did not have New do Noel. And uh, remember, I predicted that we were losing this game because of Miles Turner, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: That's what you said. And Miles Turner told ended up being scoring until like a third quarter. I told you he's not like that. Like, you don't game plan for Miles Turner. But go ahead. That's what happens when you just do quick predictions on the spot.
0: (laughs) But, like, watching this game, I, I, I was looking back at it, and I'm just like, I'm thinking that
2: the starters seem to be, like, in the games that matter the most.
0: They could. They playing as hard as they can. They playing against the teams that are actually competitive and actually threat safe. I feel like, but the games against the 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 middle of the pack teams they struggle with, and the Indiana Pacers were one of them. And I felt like coming into this game that we would lose. So looking the fact at that, that, the Pacers were hot. And the Knicks didn't hit a three until Emmanuel quickly comes into the second quarter. I'm just like, damn, this is going to be a long game. Mm-hmm. But just like I'm bringing it up IQ coming in and the bench came in and they just brought a whole nother energy to the game. That just makes it hard to just ignore. Like, I don't know. What do
2: you think? Like, I feel like the the the, the starting five...
0: need more time to gel, but at the same time,
1: it's like not at the expense of a win and a loss. I want to save that for after we do the game recaps. I want to save that for later because these games kind of encapsulate the frustration that we have both in the Pacers game and in the magic game and It's something that I think we need to kind of discuss. There's a lot of stuff that when you go to other podcasts and listen, they have their own opinions. When you look at Twitter, a lot of people have their own opinions. Mm -hmm. And there's clearly an issue.
2: And we have to kind of figure out
1: whether a change needs to be made or whether we need to just rough it out and try and figure it out. Well, I want to I would've really have that discussion with you after we do the recaps. Okay. So going back to the second quarter, the
0: IQ, the bench come in, bring life to the offense. And the third quarter of Doom seemed like it was about to happen again because <laughs> the Pacers got hot, the Knicks didn't get hot, and they were just scoring at will until the point in the game where Kemba gets teed up and I feel like that's the turning point in the game. That's when the the ties started sort of to shift right back to the Knicks because now the crowd is into it, the starters are into it, mm-hmm. and IQ comes back into the game, leading a comeback. And in the fourth quarter, the final seven minutes, the Pacers were held with zero field goals. They <laughs> scored only at the free throw line. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. So. Like I, I keep bringing up IQ, he had sixteen points, five rebounds, went four for four from three. Ob Toppin had a has a highlight dunk. It seemed like every single game, and he had two this game, including a a mean poster. Or oh, who, who was that? Batanz? He dunked on him crazy mm. on the baseline. I'm just like, wow. Ob just brings <laughs> energy to the court even when he's not scoring. Like he only had four points this game. It wasn't a great stat night, but he still. Brought life and energy, and now he got the other guys feeling it. Burks came in, locked Malcolm Brogdon down in the fourth quarter. RJ struggled the whole first half, and he he was looking like he lost all his confidence. Still persevered. Finished the game strong with 12 points, six rebounds, going 3-for-7 from three. That was just a, a great win to me. I felt like that was a great way to start the week. And then... You got Orlando Magic coming up next. I'm thinking, well, that's going to be a a clear win. They, they ready for that. They up for that. They just finished losing. I was just happy with this win. What's your thoughts?
1: It, it's weird. This whole week's been weird. I'm going to say that. This week's been weird. I'm an overthinker. Anybody who's been in a relationship with me would say I am an overthinker. I, I struggle a lot with just accepting face value. Face value, this is a win. Good one. Right? It is. It's a good win. The Pacers, their record does not reflect how good that team is when they are fully healthy. They weren't fully healthy to start the year. They struggled a lot. They didn't have a win in the month of November until what? Two two games, three games before. like they they didn't they didn't have a win in November until probably halfway until like a quarter of the way through. They went off on like a six-game losing streak or something like that. And then they started figuring it out. So the Knicks win against a good Pacers team. I don't want to say good. I don't know what they are yet. But I know that they are not as bad as their record said they were leading up to this game. Very good team. I don't know. I I still need to see it. I still need
2: to see more. With that being said, the Knicks
1: have not played the way that we expected them to play. And the Knicks starters in specific have not played up to the ability that we all believe that they can play. And that includes this game against the Pacers. I came out of this game happy with the win,
2: but it didn't answer any questions for me. It didn't answer... What team is this,
1: which was the title of last week's episode. Was it last week's, whatever the, whatever episode it was. It was last week's. Uh, what the, what, what team is this? Was last year's team who was, we're only missing. If you want to include Frank in that, you could say three pretty vital players from last year's team. And I well, Frank wasn't actually no. Like I'm that. not even gonna say. I'm not even gonna say three vital players because Alfred Payton wasn't vital, right? And Frank, you in could say rotation. he he wasn't vital. Frank wasn't vital either. You could say Reggie Bullock was vital because he was there day in day out. He was the defensive. He, he represented the defensive identity of the starting lineup. But we could have did without Alfred Payton, and you could say we could have did it without Frank Ntilikina. We added Kemba Walker. We added added Evan Fournier. And we got guys that we drafted who are waiting in the wakes.
2: This starting lineup.
1: Has shown. Five out of the first six games. The potential
2: to play very good offensively. I don't think they showed that potential in this game. So, as one
1: of my coworkers says, you take the good, you take the bad, take them both and what you have, facts of life. (laughs) This Knicks team is still confusing and we probably have to wait until halfway through the season to figure out what team is this. It was last year a mirage, or is this little stretch that we're having now, where our best player doesn't play like our best player? Is that the norm? It's too early in the season. This, that's what, what I'm saying. You have two games. That, that's, what have to, that's what I'm saying. Window. You have to. That's what I'm saying. You have. I'm not jumping out the window. I'm saying we have to wait to get that question answered. I would have liked to have had that question answered this week because we're only talking about two games. The third game is not going to be until later today, but we're going to talk about two games, the Indiana Pacers, which I was hoping that would answer a question for me. It didn't. So I said, okay, maybe, maybe this Magic game that happened on the 17th we two, got the two win.
0: Two nights ago, we got the win. Three,
1: three That's nights ago. That
0: you want to leave the night with most out of everything, more than the message. You want to leave with the
1: win. It's and not even that. about the. It's not even about the message. It's about the identity of the team. But they yes, still you want the. Yes, you want the win. But more important than one win out of a two games is to know that you ha- know what you have. You want to know who you are. Last year, all season, we knew who we were. Not in the beginning
0: of the year, before D Rose. We didn't know that.
1: Absolutely, we knew who we were because we weren't
0: true. We were shocked in the beginning of the season. Offensively,
1: offensively, we were still figuring it out. But even when we were figuring it out, we had an offensive system that everybody knew what their role was. We weren't winning. We weren't winning, we were winning 500 basketball. We played 500 basketball at the beginning of the season. Were we surprised at Julius Randle? Yes. Were we surprised that we were in as many games as we were? Yes. But that has nothing to do with whether we, whether this team knew what its identity was offensively and defensively. That was the thing where it's like, yo, talent, Thibodeau, He's making a good thing out of what we had last year. And he's having us play hard every night. He's having us play with an identity on defense and play with an identity on offense. That's why we're playing 500 basketball. And then we went and we did more than what we thought we could do. We thought we were just going to be 500. We were going to play 500. We wanted to get more and we got what we wanted. But we knew who we were the whole year. We did. We didn't know that we were going to be the fourth seed we, we, didn't, we started thinking, damn, we could get fourth seed. And then it's like, you know, we have to get fourth seed at this point. There's no excuse for us not to get fourth seed. Mm-hmm. But there was never a question as far as what the offensive and defensive identity of the team was. And we took that and we expanded on it to become as good as we did.
0: But at the same time, you're talking about players who spent more than one season together. Absolutely. And... If you wanna compare it to this season, you gotta think about what they look like in their first season together. And it wasn't what we saw last year, but that's not fair to say because we didn't have Tibbs the year before that. So mm-hmm. when you have guys that you have chemistry with, when you have guys that you've been playing together with for more than a season together, Kemba and Fournier only played half a season last season and under another system in another city. And now they're trying to play together in another city with guys who's been together for years and they're trying to not step on anybody's toes. They're trying not to get the guys that been there and got their own chemistry. They're trying to get in the way of what they got going on. So they're still trying to figure each other out as a starting five unit, including Mitch, because he wasn't playing with anybody for most of the season last year. So he's still trying to get his feet wet. He's still trying to get his body right. Or trying to get acclimated to his body now, as well as play at a high level. I, it's I'm going to take time. And I feel like by the all-star break, that's when you could evaluate the starter five unit as what is it, what, what's the identity? Cause right now I'm, they, they, they don't have an identity yet.
1: They are trying to I'm find gonna, it still. I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you, but mostly agree with you because we are essentially saying the same exact thing, French. This team needs time to find its identity. I was just hoping that we would we would know what it is by now. Actually, we should know what it is by now because I do think that there is a style of play and there is a certain cohesion that Tom Thibodeau is trying to put into this team that they just aren't picking up yet. I I know I know what it is that they want to do. I know what it is. I know the way that they want to play, and it kind of coincides with the way that they should play, but just aren't. And they have to figure it out. This team does have an identity that they're trying to figure out. There's a style of play that I feel like that they it shouldn't take them this long. It shouldn't be that hard, but it is, and it's, that's how it goes. Sometimes you put two new players, that you know, new coach. New new teammates, the only the only guys that they really know how to play with is each other, and they're not really even doing that. They're not playing M von I don't think that they're really playing together on the court. They they're not playing like they play together. Right? they not they're not doing that. So even they are not really taking advantage of their own comfortability with each other. In fact, like yeah, they, they played in Boston.
0: Like I feel like in Boston it was just everybody take a turn doing ISO. Right, but that's not
1: how we're playing here in New York. Exactly my point. And. Which is probably what, yeah, we are probably agreeing. We are. We are agreeing that it's going to take some time. And hopefully they figure it out because it's not just on Evan Fournier and Kevin Kemba Walker. It's also on Julius Randle. And it's also on R.J. Barrett. I don't think Mitchell Robinson is figuring anything out except for his own self. He doesn't have he doesn't have to change his game. His game stays the same no matter what. He's the- he has nothing to figure out really. If you think yeah, about it, the only thing no the only thing that Mitchell Robinson has to figure out is how to play in this new body of his. He doesn't have to adjust anything. He doesn't have to adapt to anything. The game that the system that we play is catered pretty much to him. Outside, he goes up top, he sets the screen, he comes to the rip. There's nothing different from what he's been doing his entire career. The only difference is he is slower, he doesn't get up as high because he's put on a lot of weight, he's put on a lot of muscle, and he has to figure out his body again. Once he figures out his body again, you're not asking him to do anything differently. Uh, Except add some more skills to his game, which he has to do regardless of anything. That's it. It's It's not, Mitch doesn't have much to figure out. He just has to figure out his own self. Everybody else, though, does have to figure things out because Mitch doesn't have to learn nothing new as far as how to play with his teammates. He just has to do Mitch. He has to be the best Mitch he could be, which is always the case. So he's been playing pedestrian for a while, though. He's been playing like he has a lot of good
0: moments, but he also has a lot of moments where it's just like, yo, bro, are you gonna
1: get yourself into the game? Well, we don't, don't know. What, over? We don't know how much of that has to do with him getting into shape and how much of that has to do with him hurting. Cause for the past however many games it's always been, is Mitch gonna play, is he not gonna play? He's feeling soreness in his ankle. He's feeling hurt here. Like, we don't know on a game-to-game basis how healthy Mitchell Robinson is. And we've already seen him at this Pacers game. He didn't finish the game. Why? Because he felt soreness in his ankle. Right? So he didn't finish the game because of that. And it was, okay, is Mitch going to play against the Magic or not? Well, he coming into the seventeenth in the garden. He yeah, Mitch started. Jalen Suggs also made his return to Orlando's lineup. And this is a game that the Knicks came into expecting that well we expecting anyway, that they're gonna come out and they're gonna show all right, this that second game that we had in in against the Magic at home, we're not gonna let the same thing happen again at home. Right. You we lost the last game. The Magic only had three wins for the entire season. They beat the Knicks, they beat the Jazz, and they beat the Timberwolves. It's not that just goes to show what kind of team this Magic team is. They're a team, they're a young team, they have talent, like we said before. You don't want to lose to this team because of those things, but also you can't take them for granted just because their record says this. Does not mean that they are a team that you can just roll over. And, I, and when I'm listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of tweets, and a lot of a lot of people be disappointed. It's understandable because this Knicks team should not lose to this Magic team. But this Knicks team is also figuring shit out. And this Magic team, when they get when they play the way that they played, they are a decent team. They are. They have play. They have quality players. And when they put everything, when they do everything the right team, the right way, you have to play your best to beat them. You do. Yeah, they play like a, a
0: young team that's desperate to figure out how to win, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. They just they they're still young, so they're learning and they're figuring it out. But they play with energy. They play with like they 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 the coach over there. He got them. He got them straightened out. He he got them. Heading down the right path. It's not the typical tanking team that everybody's just out to no, get theirs. Not. No, they play together as a unit. They play well. They got a good chemistry together. And Jalen Suggs, he made, he made me look bad for saying that. He looked like he going to be a bust because he, he came <laughs> in and lit our ass up with effort and clutch shot making. And, yeah, that was just a... That one hurt my that one hurt
1: my stomach, I ain't gonna lie. So Jalen Suggs didn't really have like a great offensive game either. I a lot of the magic didn't have a, a great offensive game. But they hit the tough shots that the Knicks did not hit. So made I'm gonna the just plays. They made the clutch plays that the Knicks didn't they didn't. Like in the first quarter, the Knicks had or in the first half, really, the Knicks had a lot of silly turnovers. A lot of stepping out of the bounds, or they try to shoot shoot from the corner three, stepping out of bounds. A lot of careless turnovers and unforced turnovers. Like uh, like the magic, the magic played decent defense, but they didn't play so much defense that the Knicks should have, however many turnovers. I think they had eighteen turnovers in the game. Against the Magic, so first quarter. I had to listen to the first quarter, first half actually, because I was at work. The first quarter was concerning because it didn't seem like the Knicks were playing bad. They were they, they were they were doing executing their their offense, doing what they had to do, playing good on defense, forcing turnovers themselves, but the Magic were still keeping up. It didn't it see, I felt like, okay, if the Knicks are playing well, the starters are playing well, the starters come out to play, which it seemed like they did. This should start to look like a little bit of a route. And for a little bit, the magic were just keeping up, but the starters started pu- enforcing their will onto the game. They mm-hmm. started getting a lead. And then the bench came in, and you we have where we have statistically the best bench in the league bench came in and then that lead started evaporating bench came in allowed an eight-zero run by the magic that gave them the lead up until Manuel quickly threw Obi Toppin an amazing alley-oop at the end of the first and then the bench started finding their groove and then it was started becoming a back and forth second quarter started it was a little bit it was a little bit frustrating because it's like, damn, why can't we just put this team away? Why can't we, can't why can't we show that this is who we are? We we're not this team that we've been playing. We're, we're the team that started five and one. We're not the team that have started losing more games than winning them. So the first at the end of the first half, the magic. Just played us, played us right up until the end of the first half, and they took a, a one-point lead. Fifty to forty-nine was the score at halftime, and Mitchell That's, Robinson. No, God, finish. finished. Uh, Mitchell I just Robinson, say, I want to add one thing. Mitchell Robinson was was having probably his best game since the first game that of the season against the Boston Celtics. He had 8.7 rebounds before the half was even over, and. Go ahead, French. What were you about to say? That was
0: what—that shot that Cole Anthony hit to give them the lead at halftime is the point where the 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 butterflies in his stomach started to kick in. I'm just like, mm-hmm. shit. It's gonna be one of them type of games because now he's in New York. He hit that clutch shot. And now they are going into mo- halftime with momentum, and then the third quarter is gonna come. Cole Anthony's gonna be aggressive, and I just saw it all flash right in that moment. Mm-hmm. All right, you can continue.
1: Just wanted to note that my, my butterflies, my butterflies kind of never like, once I started feeling like, damn, the magic are keeping up with us. And there was a stretch where the Knicks went up. However many points, eight points they went, they went up. I was like, all right, cool. And the bench is in. All right. We, 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 the starters did what they had to do. The bench is going to finish it. And it was like, oh, the magic ain't going away. The magic are not going away. Like, oh, okay, this is not good. This is not good
2: because we're playing
1: hard, but we're not playing our best basketball. So this is gonna be a game where we're gonna have to play our best basketball in order to win. But my butterflies never went away because the magic never went away. I, this was a game where I the Knicks needed to make a point, make a statement, blow them out by 20 points or whatever. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. Not, not on this night. So third quarter had came, magic. Assume the lead. Everything that you basically kind of alluded to happened. Like, it seemed like, all right, third quarter, the starters are going to come in. The Magic are going to, they have the momentum. The, the Knicks are not going to play the way that they are capable of playing. And we're going to need the bench to come in, bail us out. And that's basically what happened again. Up until the fourth quarter. Mixed the Knicks to their credit. They never let the magic blow them, like, completely out of the water either. Right? Which has happened. Like, the stars come in, and then the, the other team goes in a double-digit lead. The Knicks, to their credit, always kept it somewhat close. And Obi- just
0: gives life to the game, yo. I swear. It don't matter what the Absolutely. score is. If you just watch Obi, you're going to start smiling. But he but just
1: plays every possession right. with so much, like, go ahead like Obi comes in and he just gives energy cuz he is our energy guy. But this was this was an Alex Burke Alex Burke's night.
0: Right? Cuz because
1: cuz because third quarter the bench came in and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about where the leak wink the weak link. <laughs> weak link of the bench was late a little bit later but the bench came in and it was just all night it, it they were doing what they've been doing. It seemed like the matter the, the bench comes in and it's like they're, they 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 they're laying they're rolling over too. Burks was missing, Rose was missing, and then the fourth quarter came in and it's like Burks he saw one go in, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they just kept going in. He hit a three, he hit a lay he hit a layup, and. and, and it was it, it was just, he had, he hit four straight three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Like, like everything he threw up just splash. Was, OB hit <laughs> two splash. straight. Splash. Right? OB
0: hit two straight threes, one in the corner, one in, like, the wing three. Yeah. That I, I have no faith in that because he's been missing on every three he take this season. He's he been missing.
1: Yeah. Both of them. And he, he did yep. clutch. Yeah. And then RJ, RJ was high. in. RJ seemed to be the leader of the bench unit and to start the fourth quarter. He came in. He seemed to be playing off of the energy of the bench. He mm-hmm. he scored mo- a lot of his points in the fourth in that fourth quarter. He assisted Obi topping on one of those three pointers that gave the Knicks a five-point lead, brought the guard into its feet. Mm-hmm. Seemed like we all right. This is where this is where it is. This is the thing. This is the momentum this that the run. we've been waiting for this entire mm-hmm. game. Maybe now the butterflies that I've been having will completely go away. But,
0: when I say that's the exact thought that I was having
1: in the fourth quarter, relief, but the Magic never let that deficit get any bigger than six. And all they had to do was just keep playing hard and wait for that Magic to run out. Alec Burke started missing right around the same time that Mitchell Robinson Went up for a rebound, fell to the ground, hurt his hit. He grabbed the rebound, passed it out. He did what he was supposed to do, but you can see he was he was not right. A little bit he f- seemed to I don't might have had something contused or something like that. He came out of the game, he never came back. Nick started turning the ball over. The Knicks lead shrunk. And then eventually there was no lead. Quickly, Emmanuel quickly, who had a, a good game up until this point, had his one Turnover of the game at the worst time in the game. Had a bad pass, allowed Terrence Ross to get on a fast break. Had a fast Mm -hmm. break dunk, which gave Magic a one-point lead. That
0: hurt me to my stomach,
1: too.
2: When Mitch went out.
1: Mitch went out. I'm trying to remember who subbed in for Mitch. I think Rose subbed in for Mitch. I put Rose subbed in for Toppin. Either way, Mitch went out. After uh, R.J. Barrett had a beautiful layup,
2: Manuel quickly again,
1: got abused by Franz Wagner off the dribble. Now, let me say this. The reason why I put Rose subbed in, because the lineup at that point was Rose, quickly, Burks, R.J., Julius Randle. Randle Julius Mitch. Julius Randle subbed in for Mitch. Yeah. And then Rose subbed in for Toppin. So when that happens, RJ scores, and then right back, you got Franz Wagner, you got Cole Anthony, you got Jalen Suggs, you got Mo Bamba, and you got Wendell Carter Jr.,
2: I had to look at the heights of these dudes. Mo Bamba, seven foot. Franz Mm -hmm. Wagner, 6'10", Wendell Carter Jr., 6'10". How tall is Julius Randle? (laughs) 6'9".
1: So, as surprising as it is for me to know that Franz Wagner took quickly off the dribble, which shouldn't happen, but it did because Franz Wagner plays like he's a small forward in a 6'10 body. He just got to the rim way too easy. And who does he get met by at the rim? RJ Barrett. That deflated every po- <laughs> Everybody. That because not only it. did he not only did he post both Quickly and RJ on that dunk, Quickly also fouled him. <laughs> so he got two points and the foul. And it's like, bro.
0: I hate when other players come and start screaming in the garden, yo. I hate it. I hate it. It's annoying.
1: It's annoying as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't,
0: and when I see the players, the Knicks players, don't get mad about that shit, I'll be like, yo, bro, you just want them to punch him in the mouth, right?
1: <laughs> what you screaming about?
0: <laughs> and they just mad mouth. young, too. They don't know nothing about the NBA yet. They 20, twenty nineteen, uh, screaming in the oh, garden. Oh, man. man yeah, that was deflating.
1: Something. That was deflating. I think right there, that's when I realized that this might not go our way unless some magic Happens, no pun intended, but the magic never came. Knicks could not hit a shot. And it was capped off by a bad pass by Derrick Rose, which if you thought that Franz Wagner play was bad, you knew the game was over at this point because the the magic were up four points and D. Rose does a bad pass, which Jalen Suggs caught threw a beautiful alley-oop pass to Wendell Carter Jr., which gave the Magic a six-point lead with 29 seconds left in the game. And essentially the win, because you knew that that means that the Knicks needed his chuck, and the Knicks were not hitting the three at any point after Mitchell Robinson got went out the game. Those two things didn't come... Like Mitchell Robinson had no effect on the three point shot, but for some reason Alec Burke started missing. Obi Toppin missed his one his his only miss from three after that happened. Nobody could really hit from three. The only person to score, the last four points were scored by RJ Barrett in this game. And the magic just couldn't be stopped for whatever reason at the end to end the game. So that D Rose turnover was just D Rose, by the way, he had five turnovers in this game, which that he's Not one like of him. the one of the main reasons why we lost this game. You can't turn over the ball, as you can't turn over the ball that much. You can't. You just he can't. He acknowledged it though. He did. He acknowledged. He it. did acknowledge it, but at the same time, like that was a very big reason as to why we lost this game. It re- it really was the turnovers and the points off of the turnovers. The Magic only had 12 turnovers. The Knicks had 18. You take away fifth, you take away five turnovers, that's 13 to 12. That means that you basically matched it. Take away those five turnovers from, from J- Jalen Rose. The Knicks probably win this game. Derek Rose. Right. Said so Jalen Rose. Oh. Babe, uh, my my fault. Jalen Rose. Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, <laughs> Derek Rose. <laughs> it happens. Derrick Rose, if you turn over, you take away those five turnovers from Rose, then I mean, we're talking about a completely different game. Especially that last play, that last play. I don't even, I just have to question why he was on the court. He he, five turnovers, ten points on nine shots. I really, I get it that Derrick Rose has been the guy that we've trusted at the end of the games, but he just didn't have it tonight. Well, and neither did it wasn't Kemba, but mm-hmm. quickly, quickly, Burks, RJ, Ob, Randall probably should have been the lineup. But, but Randall didn't have it either. I felt like he but took you have to every some... single
0: shot from three. And when you that big and when you could get to the rim at ease, you can score in the paint on that. Yeah, but on. like, bro, oh, this is the magic. Who, you're on right. this, who on his team could stop him? You're you're correct. And he was In sh- that. settling for three. It seemed like these the, the him York Rose these guys right. were just trying to shoot themselves out the game. You're they right. That they was too good to lose to them twice. That's what right. it came down to to me. You're right. You're right. You're right. But Julius
1: Randle shot what from three? Forty really percent. Cool. Four for ten but he still was settling way too much, I felt like. And he, he no, he did, because he only took 11 shots. <laughs> so and that 10 means more from three. 10 of his shots were from, 10 of his 11 shots were threes. So you're absolutely right about that. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, I was right. 10 of his 11 shots were from three, and he went four for 10 from three, which means that the one shot, he was four for 11, the one shot he took inside of the three-point line, he missed. He did not try to get to the paint at all. He Part of that has to do with him not being aggressive. Part of that had to do with the magic. We didn't really discuss it, but they went zone for a lot of this game and kept the Knicks out of the paint. And nobody was really trying to get into the paint until Alec Burke started knocking down the threes and then he forced them out of that zone. Could Julius Randle have taken over at the end of the game when the Magic weren't playing zone like that? Yeah. Could he have brought us the win? Can we blame him? Yeah. But I I can at least make an argument as to why Julius Randle is in the game at the end with Mitch out. You don't have, like, Taj didn't have it this game either. He had three blocks, but he wasn't scoring. He's not the guy that you put in at the end of the game to stop Mobamba, to stop these big guys that they have. Like he, he, I would, but I would have even had Taj in the game before I put Derek Rose. I did. I just didn't agree with, I just didn't agree with that specific substitution. That specific one. Julius Randle, I can argue. F- of course it's in hindsight, but. Cause Derrick Rose didn't doesn't have-, have many games like that. He doesn't. But when he has games like that, you have to acknowledge that this is not his game. Quickly had it going. Yeah, he had a turnover, but it was his one turnover for the night. It was a bad one. It was highly unlikely that he would do it again. He had a bad foul. He got abused, but he got abused because he had he was guarding Franz Wagner, and you have the uber small lineup where the biggest the the biggest guy on your on the court for you is shorter than the third biggest guy on the court for them. Like, it's going to happen. So I I don't blame quickly for getting abused by Franz Wagner. I blame that we had no no rim protection outside of Julius Randle, who's not a guy who protects the rim, all that. You know, he can if he needs to, but you hit the next guy over was R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett is going to get abused by Franz Wagner, too, if he has to rotate, which is what happened. You had no bigs it sounds like I'm blaming Tom Thibodeau. I'm just, it's, I'm not really blaming Tom Thibodeau. I'm not really, I'm not really blaming Derek Rose either. It is just that that one move, I feel like if you go for the win, that's not that's not the move that you make at the end of the game. There's a lot of reasons the Knicks lost this game. A lot. But ultimately they played well. They played, they played well enough that if the Magic played it the way that they had been playing, at the beginning of the season, the Magic would have lost this game. I have no doubt about that. The Magic would have lost this game if they played if they played as inconsistently as they played earlier in the season, they would have lost this game. The Knicks did not play as good as they could have, but the Knicks played hard the entire night. It just wasn't the, one of those things where you felt like, oh, the Knicks aren't playing hard. Maybe some moments in the third quarter, maybe some moments with Julius Randle. But... I... D-Rose didn't have it, and I just questioned that. Jalen Suggs, 13 points on 12 shots, but had the key shots and the key steal at the end of the game. Played a great game defensively. R.J. Barrett didn't shoot particularly well. I felt like he had a good game. He was the leading scorer for the Knicks, 17 points on 19 shots. Yuck. But was the only person to score at the end of the game. Right? He also had nine rebounds and five assists and played well defensively. Like, he... He... he Unlike Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett scored exclusively inside of the line. He did take, mm-hmm. he did take seven three pointers and missed all of them, mm-hmm. but he took nineteen shots, and most of his points came either in the paint or around the paint. Came to him, scored. He had a transition basket where he grabbed the rebound, took it all the way, did a little sidestep and got to the rim. He had a nice floater. Like he, he, he did what he needed to do. If you take away the seven threes, he went seven for 12 from the field. Exactly. If he didn't take a single three, like, you know, if he had a Ben Simmons game, then he would have had, his his stats would look a lot better. I would love Ben Simmons on this team. We know. Just Franz theres 16 points, nine rebounds. Alec Burts had 15 points on 15 shots, but that key stretch in the fourth, he, that was clutch. That was key. That was what the Knicks needed. Obi Toppin had 14 points in 17 minutes. Again, Obi Toppin didn't need to come out of this game. Like, Derek Rose came in for Obi, should have left Obi out there. Maybe mm-hmm. if you leave Obi out there, that Franz Wagner bucket that he scored on quickly, maybe that doesn't happen that way. Just say it. Cole Anthony, 15 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists. He had himself a night. Mitch, the unsung hero. Nobody's really going to talk about this, but Mitch had 13 points and 11 rebounds. I think this might be his first double-double since, like, game two or three of the season. It's probably—I I felt like this is one of his best games since the Celtics game. And it was notable that when he went out of the game that the Knicks really didn't have any answer for the Orlando Magic. So,
0: I'm looking forward to seeing him in this game
2: against Houston. Is he gonna play.
1: Today. Have we confirmed that he's gonna play? That's what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up Right now, matter of fact, Mitchell Robinson status. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see Mitch play as well. The only thing is that he
2: did get hurt. I don't know.
1: I don't know if that is something that's gonna keep him out of this next game. If it was just soreness and they're just trying to be cautious with him, Mm -hmm. but I'm looking forward to see how he plays as well, because it's very clear to me that when Mitchell Robinson plays well, this team plays well. It's also the same is also true for Julius Randle. And Julius Randle hasn't been playing well. Julius Randle hasn't been playing well at all. There was a point in time where Julius Randle had a stretch of 30-point games where he was reliably scoring 20 points, grabbing rebounds, he was getting close to getting double uh, triple-doubles on a lot of nights. And we don't see that 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 Julius Randle so far this season. And by now this season, we've had flashes of it. Last season, we've had flashes of Julius Randle. We had a lot less games where we could complain and be like, yeah, Julius is playing like he was the year before. Like, I don't know. We could trade him, da-da-da. But for the most part, it was like, all right, Julius should shut us up this game. Julius shut us up this game. And then by the time we got to 20, 25 games, it was like, he yeah. He
0: expectation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And right now, Julius is not playing to that expectation. and. Even worse, he's playing more so like he's not playing like he was the year before when we definitely wanted him gone, but he's somewhere in that midpoint. He's trying really hard to, like, get
0: it right. That's what makes me fine with what he's been doing, because it seems like two years ago, he would just be shooting us out of games. This year, he's setting hard screens. He's trying to get his teammates involved almost too much so to the point where it gets him out of his own offensive rhythm. And then he has to dedicate a whole quarter to shooting himself back into rhythm. And then now when he gets into the next game, because he noticed that happened in the last game, he's like, all right, I got to start off hot and then pass. But then he starts forcing up shots that aren't good shots trying to force himself to get into rhythm. That's what I'm starting to notice. And then he's still trying to find a balance of getting teammates involved and playing hard on every single play without getting super tired in the fourth quarter. Like, he looks gassed a lot of times out there, too. And that, like, I see him just trying really hard to get things right and get things going to how it was last year. But I'm confident that he'll figure it out. He's he's too good of a player, and he's accomplished a lot last year. And he's still trying to overcome what happened in the playoffs. It looks like a little bit, but I mean, there's I'm a lot of it has to do out.
1: with a lot of that has to do with that the Atlanta Hawks. That they had a game plan for the Knicks in the playoffs, and a lot of teams are using that game plan to stop Julius Randle from getting into the middle of the of the of the paint. That's good though. It's helping him adjust. He's got
0: to find and a way to succeed even through all that. That's what I want.
1: Correct. But it was a lot easier for them to do that because they knew that Reggie Bullock was not going to shoot off the dribble and Alfred mm-hmm. Payne was not a threat from 3. That's mm-hmm. why we brought Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. So Gonna now, notice? Julius has to get to the middle and not saying he needs to stop shooting from three himself, but he has to get to the middle and then get the ball to these guys and they have to shoot and they have to make the shots. And that is one thing that we're not seeing. Yet. Yet. Because I was watching
0: the Evan Fournier's post game. Or not um, post-game, yesterday after practice, and he was just talking about how because he's not seeing minutes in the fourth quarter, he's going to have to start utilizing the minutes that he does have a lot more effectively. Like, you see how Obi Toppin, when he, whenever he comes in the game, instant. He's running all over the court, spending a lot of energy because he knows he's only going to be playing 10, 14 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. If he's playing 30 minutes, who's to say that he could keep up with that same game plan to just keep running all up and down, jumping, hopping everywhere? He ain't going to be able to do that. So if Evan Fournier is expecting to come into every game playing 30 minutes, he's going to be laxed on plays in the first quarter, in the first half. And because he's expecting to play in the fourth. But now he's starting to understand, I can't do that. And we've seen Kemba Walker start games hot in the last couple of games because he, uh, it seems like he understands that in the minutes that he's out there, he has to be Kemba Walker. He has to score, yeah. do what he's been effective at doing at his whole career because in the fourth quarter, it's not guaranteed he's going to come back in. And now Evan Fournier seems to be understanding that. So I'm hoping that the decisions that Tom Thibodeau has been making, where he would keep the bench in in the fourth quarter, he would keep the guys who are playing like they give a shit, the starters, they're seeing that. They're noticing that. And they notice that they have to get off to better starts. They have to get clicking on the offensive end as, as soon as possible because if you want to play, you're going to have to earn those minutes. It ain't going to just be there just because you got paid a four-year contract. It ain't going to just be there because you got a reputation of being a great scorer. You have to continuously play with a chip on your shoulder because you play it in New York now. Every game, you go, pick players is coming to the garden, they got this circled on their calendar because they want to play in the garden and they want to light your ass up on that, for, on that court because that's going to be the biggest exposure they're going to get. And if you, if you got this jersey on, you got to play like that every single night and they're not used to that. And now they're going to have to get to, get used to it and start playing better and have the better chemistry. Because when the playoffs come around,
2: I want to see what this team looks like.
1: So, he's still very early. I haven't seen anything in regards to Mitchell Robinson being out. Normally, seems it seems like-, like he's going to be coming back. Well, I hope so because that would have been helpful. That would have been helpful in the last in the last game if we had Nerlens instead of Derrick Rose coming. Taj, out. oh no, Taj. You know, Taj is probably still going to see minutes if one of these guys you know have to come out or whatever. They'll Taj would be the third string. He'll, we'll he'll, he'll be he'll be the
0: Jericho come back.
1: But, Jericho is
0: soaking up so much knowledge and information right now on that bench. I want to see what. Yeah, he's I'm surprised. Look he
1: back. I'm surprised that we didn't see Jericho last night. I mean, not last night in, last in Wednesday's game. game. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that that that. It, I'm happy that Tibbs decided to go small, but I was also surprised because that was not the team to try to go small against. Like yeah, I'm surprised. Like there seems that you you can go small against, and and you should. This was not. That was not the time and that was not the team to do it against so i was very surprised that jericho sims didn't get any burn when mitch went down but hey it is what it is the we you had a question for me earlier in regards to the starting lineup and my answer to that question was is I'll repeat the question key- first you said what should we do i think that's what you said my memory's terrible What should we do in regards to the starting lineup? You felt like we should wait, but also you didn't know whether maybe infusing some of that bench, one of those guys bringing bringing them onto the starting lineup, maybe that would help you didn't know which way you should go with it. Well,
0: let me clarify. Uh I think the all-star break is the time in the year when you should be thinking about making a change to the starting five. And if you've taken the player off the bench to join the starting five, now you're taking something away from the bench. Mm -hmm. Best bench in the league. Mm -hmm. If you start quickly, you ain't going to see as much quickly in OB minutes together because they got the best chemistry. Mm -hmm. You start Burks... Like, they got chemistry as a unit on that bench. You you, you inserting another player that's never been here last year, Evan Fournier, most likely, to the bench. Now he has to figure out how to get in his rhythm with an entirely different lineup. They don't really, they're not used to playing with him. Now that's going to probably, people going to be stepping on each other's toes. So making the lineup change is a drastic decision to make this early in the season to me. If you have dreams of being a deep playoff
2: team. So,
1: someone once said that Julius Randle is our clear number one, and then on any given night, your any player from two through ten can be your second best player. I don't think that's wrong. <laughs> I don't think that that's wrong. I don't. I, I would not be surprised that if quickly was your second best player, I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Rose was your second best player. Would not be surprised if Alec Burks was your second best player. I wouldn't be surprised if Nerlens Noel was our was your second best player. I would be surprised if Obi, who has been our second best player a lot of to, a lot on a lot of nights. Yeah, think like, about
0: where we was at last year with Obi at this point.
1: Right. Right, especially me. And so if you hear me saying that, you, you know that means something. I've even come around to, because of way, the way that Obi Toppin has been playing this year, I've come around to being like, hmm, maybe we can put Obi at the three. I've even started giving that some thought because of how... Well, he's been playing this year, both on offense and on defense, and he hasn't even been shooting the three ball well. This last game is probably the best he shot three all year. I think it started he, something he, though. He had two threes, maybe that he made all year. The, the, he made two threes last night, so we saw him knocking that. So, shit I keep down saying in last league, night, but though. yeah, but uh, yeah, we're not worried about the three from Obi. and he's he's screening and he's getting to the rim and he's doing the alley oop dunks. He's doing all of the stuff that we. We're thinking that we were going to see last year coming out of college. He's he he's doing it this year, this season, and he's routinely been in the minutes that he's playing, outplaying the guy who's ahead of him in Julius Randle. With that being said, Julius Randle is playing better competition than Obi Toppin has been playing. Mm -hmm. Same thing for Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly. Is not facing the same, the same people that Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier are are facing off against. So, and if you think about it, you don't see any
0: power forward in the NBA coming off the bench that's doing what Obi Toppin is doing, running and how he's running, jumping how he's jumping. There's right. not another power forward in the NBA doing that off the bench. So it's right. a mismatch every single night.
1: Correct. So, I ultimately agree with you. Right now is way too soon to make those types of rot- rotation changes. I still have faith in that starting lineup playing better. But
2: here's the thing.
1: I can see it going either way. I could see us getting to the all-star break and being like, well, that was a mistake. We should have gone to somebody coming off of the bench or putting Fournier on the bench or something. We should have gone to that a lot sooner. Because now we're midway through the season and now we have to play catch-up. And that would be bad. No or way. I could see, no, it would be bad. It would be bad because I could see if we're still struggling the way that we're struggling, I could see us being outside of the playoff picture. I could even Stop, see us man. being – no, French, the Knicks are currently seventh in the Eastern Conference, and that's only because the Cavs 14 slid.
0: Fourteen games into the season. 100%. early. Like halfway through the season, You're guys are going to have more right. chemistry we got to understand so will Guys weaknesses. on other teams.
1: Guys, are, the right, same thing still, that we are saying for this team is going to apply to other teams as well. Last year,
0: we understood which lineups worked the best together by the halfway point. I feel like the same way, even if you're making a starting lineup change, and when you add an Evan Fournier to the bench, you've had enough time to see what he likes to do, the areas that he likes to score, and you've had enough time to practice with him <laughs> with different lineups to see who has the best c- chemistry, who could gel the best. So if you make it at this stage, halfway through the season, it's not going to be as a dramatic I- impact on your lineups as it would be at this time of the season. You could do it too early, but halfway through the season, I feel like is a perfect time to do that. Listen, you don't want to be doing the Knicks, that late in the season though. Like, like we the did Knicks with currently, last
1: year. The Knicks currently are eight and seven. For seventh seed. They've their last 10 games. They have gone four and six. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Their last 10 10 games. They've gone six and four. They're the eighth seed. And the only reason that they're the eighth seed. Is because they played two more games in the Knicks. They're nine and eight. The Boston Celtics. Have one more loss in the Knicks. They're eight and eight. 500. They are six and four in their last 10 games. Milwaukee are 5-5 five five in their last 10 games. They're 8-8. Eight eight. The Toronto Raptors are also 4-6, but they've also beaten the Knicks. So if there was some sort of tiebreaker situation, the Toronto Raptors would be ahead of us. The Atlanta Hawks beat us in, in the season series last in the in the playoffs last year. Even though we beat them in the season series, swept. We, they, they, they beat us four games to one in the playoffs last season. The Indiana Pacers. Took a game against us this year. So every team from one to 13 in the Eastern Conference is a team that is going it, to, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a cakewalk against any of these teams. The only teams that I didn't list, like we, I, I didn't list the teams that are above the Knicks right now Philly, Charlotte, Washington, Chicago, Miami, and Brooklyn. All good teams right now. The only teams I didn't list, One of those teams had beat us twice. And that's the Orlando Magic. And the other team is the Detroit Pistons. Like, don't sit here and get complacent by saying, like, don't assume that the Knicks have all this time to figure it out. Because if the Knicks keep playing to the standard that they've been playing over the past few weeks, they will find themselves out of the top 10. And and now you're playing catch-up. With a bunch of other good teams in the East, don't 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 take anything for granted. Don't think that because we're now seven seed in one week that in five games we won't be out of the top ten.
0: It's one thing to take things for granted, and it's one thing to just completely ignore all the evidence. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this roster, when you look at this coach, and you look at the circumstances of the season so far. I just, there's no way possible that this team doesn't make the playoffs in my opinion, because of the fact that we have quality players three deep at every position. We have a coach who's going to get the best out of his players with enough time. Mm -hmm. And you have guys on the team who are hungry to prove it this year, prove something to the n b a prove something to their peers around the n b a and they love playing together. Mm-hmm. We don't have no issues with guys not liking each other or there being some type of drama or anything where guys feel like like when when when. Four years talking about how he's not playing in the fourth. He's not saying it with no hostility. He's a 10-year NBA bet, and he's not mad. He's understanding. He's just understanding what he has to do to get better. Kemba, if you watch them in the fourth quarter when they're not playing, they're standing on their feet, screaming, running back and forth, hyping up the bench players when they're in the game. There's Mm -hmm. a different chemistry on this team. There's a different bond within this team. There's a different culture with this team. C-word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you take all that into account, the other C-word, that doesn't follow with the other C-word. That doesn't follow with disappointment ever, in my opinion. I've never seen that before. And, yeah, there's talent around the NBA. <clears throat> all that does is make you get to another level to beat that talent. That's what they prove all the time. To Like, that's what I see.
1: They get better Which, by playing the best teams. French, you know, I, you know, I agree with you. Like, that's why I'm saying like, yeah, I agree. Like we, we should wait. Like we shouldn't be making that decision this early in the season because of all of the things you just said, all the things you just said is, is, is correct. They have all of the little things that make a good team. They have all of the little things that if you give it enough time, it should bear fruit. It should make us one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Got the rest. Of I'm just te- I'm just saying that I'm not. You say like you, there's no chance, and I am not a no chance person. <laughs> even I'm not injury. I'm, not a, nothing, I'm, not, a, I'm not a. I'm not a. I don't see. I'm not a. I'm not a 100 percent chance person, and I'm not a zero percent chance person, and. It's it's. I'm not even saying like it's close to zero either with this team because just like you're saying that you don't see all of this stuff happening, I also would not have said, yeah, the Knicks are gonna lose twice at home to the worst team in the Eastern Conference before November is even done. I, I would don't have view never them as the worst team. Worst team. Well, guys, it's, like it's well, too
0: early to look at the standings, I feel like. You got to well, look at the standings a quarter way through the season.
1: That's when you have an idea of who's who and what's what. We're almost we're almost at a quarter way through the season, French. A quarter through the season is, a, is about 20, 21, 22 games. Not even yeah. 22. 20, between you know 20 and 21. 20 you games. You the worst
0: team in the Eastern Conference is right now? It ain't Orlando. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm bugging.
1: I'm like I'm looking at the standings right now, bro. (laughs) But, but by the end of by the by the next game, Detroit could be the could be the worst. They're four of eleven. The Magic are four and twelve. The Magic just play the Brooklyn Nets. Either they just played them or they play them tonight. I don't remember, but that could switch. It could be Detroit on any given night. It could be the Magic on any given night. Either way, they are the worst they're currently the worst team in the eastern conference and i would have never About said one. that i would have never said that regardless of whether they actually are but they're going to be the one of the three worst teams by the end of the season just because they're going to spend a lot of this year just trying to figure things out because they're so young they're never they're not going to make the playoffs this year that you can you could write that off like you could put that in stone there's a 95% chance that they're not making the playoffs this year i could say that confidently yo know, that's the east is deep yo yeah you just is looked really at deep. you just looked at the east you just looked at it I'm, and that's why i'm trying to tell you like you, you can't take you can't take anything for granted. Like, I can see the Knicks missing the playoffs this year. That doesn't mean that they're a bad team. It just means that the time that it's going to take them to figure it out, they could find themselves out of the playoffs. Next year, Still you'll probably be like, all right, now we figured it out. We don't have to make any big moves. We figured it out at the end of last year. Now we're going to show everybody that these signings were not were, were not bad signings. They're good ones, just like with Julius Randle and Reggie Bullock and all those guys, the guys that we retained after the first year, it looked like, yo, you spent all those money on those guys. It it didn't bear fruit until the following season. We could see that again. And that would, that could potentially lead to us not being in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying that us figuring it out might be an issue. They need to try to figure it out quicker because most of this team isn't new. Most of this team are guys that have been playing together for two, three, four years. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this drastic, especially after you started off five and one. It shouldn't be this drastic of a learning curve and learning period. Like you guys know some of the things that work. You should be incorporating that. And then we should be playing better. The starting lineup should be playing better. Uh, Julius Randle specifically. Julius Randle should be specifically playing better because we put pieces around you to play better and you're not and that to me is the most concerning part because regardless of the team chemistry the knicks will win if julius Randle is scoring over 20 points a game and he is struggling to do that right now and i'm not entirely Uh, sure why because he's shoot it's not it's not because of the chemistry it's his own game partially he's holding the ball a lot he's turning the ball over a lot he's missing shots that he was making last year. He's trying, you're right. But there's just something concerning about, something concerning about Julius Randle's play for me that it, that has a lot to do with why we're losing games. It's not just the chemistry, it's Julius as well.
0: So, so let's start, let's talk about the games that we got coming up now.
1: Well, let's let's we do our off. recap of the predictions because, yeah, I see you tried to skip right over that, bruh. <laughs> try to skip right over that. I see you. Listen, Knicks versus yeah. Indiana. French said that they would lose by 10-plus. The Knicks won. How much did they win by? <laughs> I said the Knicks would win by 5-plus points. And let's look at the schedule. The Knicks beat the Indiana Pacers by 92-84. Eight. to 84 more than five points, less than 10. My five plus points was just, you got to just kiss it right up into the sky. That was a great prediction by Joshua Focused. And Knicks versus Orlando Magic, we both predicted the Knicks to win by double digits. And the Knicks actually lost that game. So neither one of us get any points for that. But I won the overall predictions. <laughs> so, upcoming games. We already did those predictions last last week. We'll re we'll go over that because as I said, this is prop this episode's probably gonna run into when the Rockets game actually happens today at five o'clock. French, go ahead.
0: For the Knicks versus Houston on at MSG, I had the Knicks by at least
1: fifteen. You had the Knicks by
0: two plus.
1: Yeah, and I said that if the Knicks win two games in a row, I don't see them losing against the Rockets, but I was just a little concerned by a potential let-up. Now, the Knicks lost against the Magic, so this 2-plus is looking a little shaky. I I think that the Knicks are going to come out to play, but I already made my prediction, so I got to stick with it.
0: And the Rockets have been getting smacked by, like, 30 every game for, like, the every game in
1: November, yeah. The Rockets are not a good team. The Rockets, I think they only have are one, one and win. Fourteen, <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be nasty. If the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks don't win by fifteen it. plus, I'm gonna be upset. You know, I'm still thinking they're gonna win, but they have to win by fifteen plus. Knicks yeah. at Bulls on the twenty first. They're gonna be in Chicago. That's a little scary for me because the Bulls have been playing well, the Knicks beat them in the first matchup, I still think that the Knicks have a roster advantage if,
2: if everybody
1: plays well. But the, everybody hasn't been playing well in the starting lineup. So I got the Knicks losing this game by five.
0: Okay, I got the Knicks winning this game by at least five, so we could just shoot over to the Knicks and Lakers on TNT. November twenty third, I got the Knicks winning that game by at least ten to about ten points, because the Lakers, I just don't have any faith in them. Their defense sucks. They just finished getting clapped last night. To who they played last night, the Suns. Celtics. The late- Celtics dro- dropped them off by double digits. I, I see us, you know what I'm saying, taking that win. Because they, they play the Pacers next and then they're going to play us. Yeah, the Lakers. Uh,
1: Pistons next, sorry. The Lakers ain't. The Lakers are in a similarly confusing stretch. Is LeBron out? No, he came back. He was playing last night.
0: And AD played, and they're gonna be playing against us. And I still got them losing.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Let's see if the Knicks win against the Rockets and then lose to the Bulls. <sighs> Damn, I wish this team was not so up and down. Cause I, I, I wish I could be like, yeah, after a loss, they're gonna come out hard to play, and they're gonna they're gonna come out strong, and they're gonna. I wish I could say that, but I don't. I really don't know. I'm gonna say that gonna the Knicks up are gonna for win. This game. this game is on TNT. They're gonna be up yeah. for this game. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And they're but they're gonna be at home, <clears throat> and they're bad homes. This is the Knicks. Oh, yeah, the Knicks are gonna be at home, right? We want to know with at
0: TNT at home. We played Philly on TNT and we smacked them.
1: Listen, the Knicks are gonna win by.
2: Three Philly's better than the Lakers.
0: Knicks, Knicks
1: by-, by three. Knicks by three more. Three or more. Knicks are going to play no, the why you Suns. Hesitated so
0: much. The Lakers suck.
1: Yeah, but I don't expect that to. I don't expect that to stay. They got Melo. They got AD. They got Lebron. Like ha-ha. Knicks versus the Suns all on the twenty sixth. I think that the Suns are going to win by 15
2: or
0: more. I said the Suns by 10. No faith in us in this game right here. Suns kicked our ass last year and it wasn't close. Well, it was close one game at the Garden, but then Chris Paul Untucked his jersey and did all that extra shit. So now he's he got me demoralized personally. So I'm never gonna bet against the Suns. They got to the finals for a reason. Mikhail Bridges over Knox. Yada 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 Suns fans got it. So let's just skip over to the Hawks. Cause I don't want to talk about right. the Suns. I'm demoralized. Yeah, that's
1: a that's another game that we're gonna just We're going to predict only because it's a 630 game. There might be some overlap. So French, you have the Knicks beating the Hawks
2: by one. Mm -hmm. And I
1: have the Knicks beating Hawks by 10 because they just lost to the Suns. They lost to the Hawks last season. They're going to have figured out this whole zone ish. They're going to figure everything out. Knicks by 10. Oh, I, I hear you. I hear you, even though so, the hoax beat us in five. Yeah, but whatever. They still figure it out over there, too. All right, friends, you got anything you want to plug? I'm ready to
0: unplug early in this day. Hopefully it's nice like I can get some sun.
1: Yeah. and No, 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 I can't get no sun. The game is coming on. Yeah, you can get some sun before five o'clock, because that's when the sun goes down anyway. All right, I got nothing. <laughs> ain't no sun. Like, uh, do, is there sun? I don't, eh, eh, it's not really no sun. All right. I don't got nothing. To- Once again, y'all, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for subscribing. We appreciate y'all. y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to
0: the Mixtape Podcast. <laughs> the Nick's Podcast. Peace.
1: Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boom by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Nick's Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.